Thank you for joining us this morning. If you'd like more information on our services or our pastors, you can visit our website at www.thechurchrc.com. For today's message, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. If you have a Bible, turn to Romans 5. This is our theme verse for this, uh, I deserve it. And for those of you that don't know, this is a series on grace because you deserve death, but Christ brought you life. Amen. You deserve rejection, but he gave you acceptance. Come on, somebody. This is good news. I love preaching the good news. People, people, a lot of times people want to shy away from the message of grace. I don't know how you preach the gospel without grace uh, because it is founded because I was dead in my sin and Christ died for me so that he could bring me to life. Amen. He didn't come to make bad people good. He come to he came to bring dead people to life. Amen. So Romans 5, 17 through 21. Uh, if you got it, say amen. If you don't, say hold up. All right, we're good. Everybody's on the same page. It says this. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Come on, that right there by itself is good news. Grace, where your sin, where your mistakes, where you failed, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, I would love for you to title this message, Don't Let Your Issue Become Your Identity. Don't let your issue become your identity. Amen. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man, but they've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, that everybody in this place will leave more in love with you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Don't let your issue become your identity. I was watching a show uh, on the uh, History Channel. I know, I know TV, uh, pastors aren't supposed to watch TV. We only watch TBN. Uh, and 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 I only listen to the third day and Christian music too. Uh, this this is not true. I actually we we do are allowed to partake in a little bit of worldly activity, and that's watching the History Channel. Uh, it's the only other show that pastors are allowed to watch because they're learning while they're watching. So uh, I was watching the History Channel, and uh, I was I'm always kind of fascinated by it because I feel like it's not quite such a a waste of time. Does anybody else kind of justify them? You know, when you sit around and you watch like a sitcom, you've kind of wasted your life. There's not really a whole lot that you've gained from it. At least watching the History Channel, I've gained some kind of knowledge. And and in, on this particular show I was watching, 
uh, there was these scientists that had come on, and, and, and they were talking about years and years ago in 1908, and in, in I think it's called Tunguska, Siberia, there was a massive explosion where a meteor or a comet entered Earth's atmosphere and exploded 100 miles above the Earth, Earth itself. It never actually impacted, it exploded. But one, when it ever, ever it came in, they couldn't figure out if it was a meteor or if it was a comet. They, they were kind of baffled by it. I don't know the difference personally. Personally, but uh, but they were really intrigued by this, and it and it caused such a massive explosion that it actually did this. It, it did 830 square miles. There was damage to 830 square miles of forest. It knocked down 80 million trees. Come on, somebody! Ain't you glad that didn't happen over your neighborhood? And uh, and and this this is this is going on. And so they were, they were trying to figure out. Of course, this is in 1908, and transportation was a lot harder to get there. But they were curious. It actually could be. They said that the the noise of the explosion was uh, heard a thousand miles away. They heard the explosion, uh, and and so they they decided that. Uh, they were going to go in and find out what had happened and what what had actually caused the devastation. And so they they got back there. They they started hiking in, and they said when they got to the area where they knew that the, there there was some devastation and things, they say the, the the truth is is that most of the time you could not tell that anything had occurred at all, because on the outside the trees looked normal. On the outside, the trees looked like everything was fine, and they knew that they were in the radius of this damage and where this thing had happened. And so, but they said this: they said, "But when you cut into the inside of the tree, and we get to the core of the tree, we can see the issue that happened. We can see everything that's gone on in this life. We can tell you when there's been droughts and when it's had hard times and everything." And I, I walked away from that show, and I never really understood it until then how much trees and people are a lot alike because the truth is is that we get really good at putting up false fronts we get really good at everything we we make the appearance of everything looks normal and everything looks good and come on you wake up in the morning and you comb your hair and you brush your teeth i hope and and you walk out the door and you put a smile on your face and whenever you whenever somebody comes up to you and asks you how are you doing your all everybody's response in texas is i'm good Never mind the fact your car's broke down, your marriage is, is going through uh, some uh, a lot of trouble, ne- never mind the fact that your kids are being rebellious and not listening to you, no, never mind the fact that you're having a hard time paying your bills, and what happens is, is a lot of times at, at the core of who we are, we, 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 don't, uh, we, we let our issues in, and we try to bottle them in uh, up, and we keep them hidden on the inside, while externally we look like everything is good, internally things are going amiss, everything is going wrong. And I think what happens is, is that we, I, I, we begin to identify ourselves by the issues in our life. We begin, begin to identify who we are by the things that we've done, by the mistakes that we made. Come on, somebody. You've you got to understand something, that we let our issues become our identity. And I'm here to tell you right now that Christ has never intended for you, your issue, to be your identity. He's in, intended for him, him to be your identity and you to find life in Him. Amen. Amen. But a lot of times we get, and when we close the door and we lay down at night and we have these issues and we have these struggles and we have these private sins, we have things that you don't want anybody else to know about. 
Now, I, I know y'all, I'm preaching to somebody else. There, there's nobody else here that ever has had any problems or any issues or any difficulties. But there's some people I've heard that actually have struggles, that actually uh, have sin before they got, uh, after, even after they got saved, they've actually had a sin or two. And I think that there's some people in this place that you've let the issue in and it's become your identity. And when I, when I say that, I mean this. You think, I've always struggled with that. So I'll always struggle with that. Meaning my dad has, uh, he's always, you know, done this. And my granddad did this. And, and, and my, my uh, you know, I've had my cousins and my uncles do this. And, hey, Brian, I can't help it. I like the ladies. Or, Brian, I can't help it. I, I just, it's just easier to tell lies. And, and what happens is, is at the core of who we are, it begins to change who we are. And this issue that we've dealt with for a long time has become our identity. And we begin to find ourselves lost in the issue. And our identity is being found in the issue. And I want you to, t- I want to tell you something this morning that Christ has come to set you free. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm here to tell you right now that your issue does not have to be your identity. You can be set free. Can I hear an amen? Now, I want to take a, a, a look at a passage of Scripture, Mark 10, 46 through 52. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I, I love it. I've, ha- I've heard it preached so many times. My dad preaches it all the time. It's like his go-to message. But it says this. It says, now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho, this is Jesus, with his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. And commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And he immediately received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Amen? I, you know, the truth is, is that we don't know much about blind Bartimaeus going into this story. This is the first time we really see anything of him. We, we don't know anything, but we know that we don't know if he was born blind. We don't know if he became blind. We just know that he has an issue. See, in those days, really, when you, when you had some kind of infirmity or you had something wrong, it was an issue. You, 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 couldn't, you weren't uh, uh, allowed in normal society. You weren't allowed to do normal things. You were honestly an outcast. And what would happen is, is that they would go in and, and and they would just label you and you got a license to beg and they were here he is he's sitting on the side of the road we don't know how he got in this position we don't know what happened to him but we know that he has an issue and that is that he is blind 
We know that he has something that's wrong, and that's that he's blind. And, and I think he's at this point because you, you get to a point in a place in your life that you get tired. Has anybody ever been tired of the issue? Has anybody ever been tired of what you've gone through? Has anybody ever getting tired of the same old, same old, same old? You do this thing, and, and you, you hate. Come on, somebody. You, you do this thing, and you hate the sin so much. You hate the mistake. You kick yourself over and over and over and over again and you're tired of the issue. And I love this because blind Bartimaeus is sick and tired of the issue. But let me tell you something. Between the solution, there's always, uh, and you, is always going to be opposition. Between the solution and you, there will always be opposition. And, uh, and so Bartimaeus is sitting on the side, and he hears a story. And there were was, there was stories that were going around about Jesus healing uh, lame people. There were stories going around about uh, Jesus healing, uh, come on, raising the dead. All of these stories. And, and, and Bartimaeus is in the side of the road, and he's in the middle of his issue. He's got this problem for so many years that he's tired of it. And finally, he hears that Jesus is coming. And he thinks for a moment, maybe today... I can be free from the issue that I've had for this long. Maybe today I can get rid of this thing. Maybe today I can be set free. And I don't know where you are, but I'm telling you right now, you came into this place and, and, and you didn't know, maybe I'm going to be stuck in this forever, but I'm here to tell you that today you can be free. Today Jesus can come into your heart and he can set you free forevermore. Can I hear an amen? And he's sitting by the road and he hears of Jesus. And I love this because he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And this is the first thing. And the people tell him to be quiet. No, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. The first thing that you're going to have to do to get to Jesus, the first thing that you're going to have to do to break free from the issue is you're going to have to stop letting people hold you back. People are really good at putting labels on you. They are really good. Come on. If you, you, you're always, people will always put a label on you. I was preaching uh, at, a, at a church uh, a while back, and, and uh, like I do all the time, I always go out, and I, I just greet people. I say bye to them. I, I just, I don't know. I like to say hi. I think that if you come to this church and you don't like people to say hi or bye to you, you're probably in the wrong church. I, I was asking somebody, I said, do you get tired of people saying hi? And you could tell they were a little bit like, yeah, I'm a little sick of a little sick of you saying hi to me, but uh, well, that's just the way we are. We're friendly church, amen. And uh, and so I was saying bye to people, and and this lady came up to me and she said, Brian, I j- I just want to let you know um, that this person was here today. And you know when people lean in like this person was here, and I'm like, okay, good, you know, I, I'm I'm glad people came because it's awkward when it's just me, and. Uh, I still preach, but it's it's just awkward. Uh, but I, I was like, okay, well, that's great. And she goes, oh, no, obviously you don't know about what's going on. And I said, no, evidently I don't. I don't know anything. Well, they did this, and they did that, and they've gone through this. And they're right now, they're, I don't know if you know it or not, but they're actually under police investigation. And I'm just telling you, Because I'm not sure if you actually want them coming to the church or not. And I leaned into her and I said, I don't know if you know, but this is a church. 
And we're not here for religious people like you. We're here for people that are hurting. We're here for people that are down and out. We're here for people that are going through things in their life, and they don't know the direction, and they don't know the way out. Come on. The the Bible says that he's called us to be a light in the darkness, a city set on a hill. I didn't come for you. I came for them. But what they're doing, there's a mindset out there, and it's, it's so relevant and so powerful in Christians, and it's, and it's a crab mentality. And, and, and what happens is, is, is you can put a massive amount of crabs in a big barrel, and they say that the crabs can actually escape on their own. But when they begin to get out, another crab will reach up and grab a hold of them and pull them back into captivity. And I think there's some people in this place and you've been going through this long enough and you've been identified with this issue. And every time you start to break free and every time you uh, start to experience a little bit of freedom, somebody reaches up and says, I don't know if you know, I know where you came from. I know what you did back then. And they reach up and they grab a hold of you and they pull you back into captivity and you go back into this same life cycle and you're sick and tired of it. I'm here to tell you that today you can be free, but you're going to have to stop letting people hold you back. Shake the haters off. You got to shake them off. You got to break yourself free. Stop letting people tell you. And I have people come up to me all the time, and they're trying to tell me, well, I, you, don't, you don't understand. You, you know that you need to tell people not to wear a hat. No. Jesus didn't let adultery keep a woman from coming in. Why would I let a hat? You need to tell people to cover up their tattoos. No. <laughs> no. Why in the world are we always trying to hold people back when Jesus is trying to set people free? Jesus is trying to always reaching out. He reached out to the people that were hurting, the people that nobody else wanted anything to do with. That's who Jesus reached out. I want this church to be a church like that. When everybody else is casting you out and throwing you out and saying there's no hope for you, I want to be the one standing on a pulpit saying, Jesus came just for you. Preach myself happy. (laughs) Come for the hurting. You just got to break free. Break free from what people are telling you. Break free from what they're saying. you, you You can't get free from this. The second thing I want you to see in this passage of Scripture, and this is something that you must do, is you must step away from the thing that once identified you. Step away. Uh, and and I, I, just to give you a little bit of history on this, you, you have to understand that, that whenever in these days, whenever you, you were born with an ailment or you developed an ailment or you had something that went wrong, you actually had to go down and register. And they would say, okay, well, what's going on with you? And, and you would tell them, and that gave you a license to beg. And depending on the ailment and depending on the issue, they would actually give you a garment. So if you were blind, you got a certain kind of garment. If you were lame, you got a certain kind of garment. If you had leprosy, you got a certain kind of garment. So the garment actually identified the issue. 
And I love this because whenever he's crying out, he, he hears that Jesus is coming by. He, he hears that Jesus is walking by, and he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. And when Jesus, I love this because it says Jesus stood still. And it said he commanded that the man come to him. And there's a moment here that you have to catch because it says that he cast the garment off. And in this moment, he's saying, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm tired of living with the issue. I'm tired of being identified with the issue. I'm tired. I know that, I I just know that I'm going to get into Jesus' presence, and there's something that's going to change, and I'm going to be set free. You have to cast off the issue. My uh, wife lived a, a life when, before we ever met, and she, she didn't live a very Christian life. I was always a holy roller. You can ask Candace. She was a heathen too. Uh, am I right? Oh, I see. She's, mom's on the front row. <laughs> That's her mom. <laughs> She's like, amen, brother. <laughs> I had to raise her. Um, and uh, anyway, but but my wife, she didn't, you know, I, she didn't live just a super Christian life, and I'm not certainly not saying I was perfect, but but uh, she didn't she didn't live that way before we got together, and and I, I went out with her, and I just you know I just began to, before I dated her, I just began to point her to Jesus, and uh, and she got she got into church, and she got saved and set free and delivered. And there was something, a passage of scripture that, that got a hold of her, and it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It was this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, and she loved this passage of scripture so much that she actually had it tattooed on her. And, and if you're going, oh, tattoos, you know, come on, it's okay. I've preached about you in point one. Uh, I'm just mess, just messing with you. Um, anyways, but but she actually had a tattooed on her, and and uh, because it was so, she, God so set her free, and she's not the same person. Whenever I met her, and, when, and and now, and we married, and all this, I'm telling you right now, the woman that I met uh, four, over 14, 15 years ago is not the same woman that stands before you on a regular basis. She literally has been transformed and changed into a new creation. And uh, she was walking through a, a, a store one time, and somebody uh, noticed her tattoo and said, "Oh, you know how it is. Well, what does that say?" And she told her this woman what it said, and the woman began to cry. And she said, what, what's that from? And Crystal said, it's the Bible. And she, she began to cry even more, and she said, I have another question for you. Do you really believe it's true? Do you really believe that the old thing, the old me could go away and there could be a new me? And Crystal began to minister to her and share the love of Jesus. See, because we live in a world that says this, that what you, what you did and your past is what you will always be. That's what the world says. Come on. If you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. If you're a drug addict, 
You'll always, once a drug addict, come on, always a drug addict. If you're a liar, come on, you're always going to be a liar. People have put a label on you that this is what you are. If you're a cheater, once a cheat, we live in a society that says that what you, they put these garments on us and say once you've done something, you are forever marked as that thing and it becomes your identity. But I'm telling you right now that I preach a gospel that says it doesn't matter. Once a cheater, Jesus sets you free. Once a liar, Jesus can set you free. Once an addict, come on somebody, Jesus can set you free and make you into a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But you got to cast the garment off. You got to cast off your, that old identity. You got to cast off that old thing. There's something, man, come on. Yeah, you slept around a lot in high school, and everybody labels you as the girl who sleeps around. You got to cast that garment off. Jesus can set you free. The last thing I want you to see, and this is super easy, is simply this. Bring your issue, no matter what it is, to Jesus. That's it. I think a lot of us are really afraid that if Jesus, Lord, if you, come on, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, if I walked into a church, God would strike the place down. Because we're so afraid and we so think that if Jesus sees who we are at our core, if our issue is exposed and he sees who we really are, because in our mind it's that thing, we deserve rejection. But I want you to understand something, that at your core he loves you. Every mistake you've made, he still loves you. Even though you deserve rejection, he gives you acceptance. Even though you don't deserve it, he extends grace. Even though you, you, don't, you can't even wrap your mind around it, while you were still messing up, while you were still making the mistakes, he loved you enough to die for you. That's the gospel. Religion says, do. Jesus says done. And at your core, the issue that you're dealing with, He still loves you. And He says this, if you'll bring it to me, I can heal and I can set free. This morning my son was getting ready and I told him I said we get up early to bring everything in and hauling trailers and so I was I told him I said son you need to go get dressed you need to get ready okay dad so he goes back to his room and he's back there for a while and I'm drinking coffee and like, finally, it's getting closer, and I go back there, and I, he's in his closet, and I said, son, are you getting dressed? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'm getting dressed. I was like, okay, we've got to leave in like 10 minutes. And uh, I go back, and it was like a couple minutes before we got to leave, and I said, 
son, you ready to go yet? And he's like, uh, no, not yet, Dad. I, I. And he, he comes out, and he's been working on undoing a knot in his shoe. And he's like, Dad, I'll just, I'll just put it on later. <laughs> and I said, give it to me. And in a moment, I had fixed the thing that he had been dealing with for a long time, all morning. In a moment, I fixed the issue that he thought was impossible. In a moment, I fixed the thing that he thought that it, he was just going to have to accept and go through, uh, go through the rest of the morning with. And I want you to understand something, that Jesus can fix the issue that you're struggling with in a moment. In a moment, you can bring it to Jesus. And, and I love this because whenever he cast off the garment and he came to Jesus, he was still blind. And Jesus says this, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Jesus, Hello. Can, can you not tell that I'm blind? And I love this because Jesus never sees your issue. That's how good grace is. You, that's how good grace is. Because he came with ish, issue and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Because he doesn't see your issue. He always sees your potential. See, according to Jesus, it was already done. According to Jesus, he had already been set free. According to Jesus, he was already healed. And I want you to understand something. The thing that you've been struggling, God, I'm trying to get this knot undone. I've messed it up. I'm can't bring it to Jesus. And I want to tell you something in a moment. In a moment. You can be set free.